<laughs> David Bowie's it. back. <laughs> oh, no. I wish he was. He would save this music. Uh, the oh, more- <laughs> wow. That's what a condemning comment, Jake. Kidding, Jake's got I'm a pretentious kidding. ass music taste. I will say the more I watch these musicals, the more I. Uh, we should do another musical bracket soon. <laughs> oh, well, we don't have to do one soon, but eventually. I thought about I'm that too, actually. I'm surprised more people haven't been angry at our pit. Well, actually, some have. I've gotten a lot of personal, like, why the fuck were these things picked and why the fuck were certain <laughs> things picked, which I think is hilarious. I mean, obviously, we like talking about whatever movies that we like. Um, but man, oh man, every time I watched a movie, I immediately thought of another movie that I liked way more. <laughs> was a musical <laughs> that's so funny <sighs> that's like a good comp for like that i was like oh my fucking god uh but we'll, we'll, you Jake, know, we'll i love how you're st- the energy you're starting this episode off with is man are we bad at doing this podcast no no i think our <laughs> podcast is fantastic bring him home good save, right? good, but save like, good save good <laughs> <laughs> save i don't think the podcast is bad i think the choices hey We've never been good at choices, have we? <laughs> That's what the audience comes here for. Um, our <laughs> sweet picks. And, um, yeah. Speaking of picks, nice. Oh, it's not a good trick. We need to introduce ourselves first. Yeah, Fuck, we, yeah. damn it. Yeah. I'll set you up later. It'll be really cool. <laughs> uh, well, with that, hello and welcome back. Um, if you've been with us before, we're the Tough Gut Podcast. I'm Matthew. And I'm Alex. That was my Tim Curry impression. Oh, I I can't I do a Tim Curry. Can I do a Tim Curry? I'm Jake, by the way. I'm Tim Curry. Hello. Hello. We are sales by the stars. I can only do Tim Curry and Muppet Treasure Island. That's cool. my range. Well, this is... Is that a hint towards our next bracket? Maybe. <laughs> we haven't decided yet. We'll find out. Um, well, Stay tuned. This is episode 23, Movie Musicals Part 2. These are musicals, not necessarily that are Broadway adaptations, but uh, just movies that have music in them. Yeah, pretty, pretty simple, I think. Yeah. With that, something to keep in mind. um, If you are watching these movies along with us, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny has a has a rape joke in it. So be on the lookout for that. Yeah. And we will also be spoiling these movies and probably others. So spoiler warning ahead. I can't wait to spoil the shit out of these. I will say every ending, every twist possible. What other for movies do you think we're going to spoil talking about this? Like, is the sixth sense somehow going to come up in our conversations? So, and you're uh, like, the, the kid is dead. Uh, uh, Bruce Willis is dead at the end of Sixth Sense. Boom. We got it. I warned them. <laughs> and now they are suffer the consequences. If you didn't believe me, bitch. one might argue Bruce Willis is dead for most of the sixth sense is the bigger spoiler. <laughs> I didn't say my spoilers would be accurate to be fair. <laughs> All right. Well, coming at you on today's episode in the first half. Oh, wait. Pick. There you go. I got you. Thank you. Whoa, pick. Wow, you set them up so well. In the first half yeah. here, we've got the producers versus Tenacious D and the pick of Destiny. Uh, oh. And then in the second half, we've got Rock, Key Horror Picture Show, <laughs> and The Road to El Dorado. So it's going to be a fun oh, yeah. one. Um, and Jake, I'm sure for basically all these movies, could think of better things he would have picked. Not for yeah, one Jake, of them. One I of think... them's a perfect pick. Okay. Jake, every time, we'll get there. every time we introduce a movie, I want you to say what movie you would have introduced <laughs> in its place. 
<laughs> okay, I will. I fully will. All right. Well, I guess I can start things off. Go ahead. So, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny, released in 2006, directed by Liam Lynch. It, it, it stars Jack Black and Kyle Gass as their in-real-world band, um, Tenacious D, as they set out on, the, on an adventure to become the world's greatest band by stealing an ancient artifact known as the Pick of Destiny, which, as it turns out, is actually Tooth of a Devil. It's a wild ride through and through. Um, <laughs> full of thoroughly uh, 2006 humor. <laughs> um, oh yeah but at the same time it is so thoroughly a love letter to rock and roll tons of cameos ah, um, i'm from, a theme for your picks yeah weird <laughs> I, I i like the idea of of uh <laughs> of love letters yeah please <laughs> why send, have you never send written me beautiful us a love, letter? love letters Please do. Honestly, I'll give we you those Matthew stands. Matthew stands. Send some beautiful love letters. Um, I lost my entire train of thought, um, but it, it, it filled with uh, cameos from real life rockers. It's a it's a it's a crazy little movie. This one is a basically pure nostalgia pick for me. Um, myself and my friends as kids quoted this movie to each other. <laughs> Admittedly. Probably the things we liked most were maybe the dumbest bits. Yeah, but that's part <laughs> of it. Wait, Matthew, I have a question for you. Go for it. So, you know how, like, you know, Blues Brothers was a love letter to blues. Like, you know, this was a love letter. Um, what was The Greatest Showman a love letter to? Uh, the Greatest Showman is a love letter to, I don't think anybody, um, except for <laughs> A Million Dreams is a love letter to to what I thought was me and you, Jake. <laughs> no, but it turns no, out that no. was unrequited the whole time. <laughs> He turned it on me. He turned it on me. Uh, So what'd you you guys think with this one? And what movie would you have picked in its place, Jake? (laughs) So I'll go first since Jake has to think of what movie he's going to put in its place. I already know, but yeah. I hadn't seen this movie in a very, very, very long time. I was very young. (laughs) And I'm 100% sure most of the jokes in this movie went straight over my head when I saw it first. Because I knew nothing about bongs. I knew nothing about smoking dank kush. It, it had its moments. I think the Jack Black was not quite as Jack Black as I wanted him to be. I think he's good. And I guess he was more real Jack Black versus movie persona Jack Black, mm-hmm. which mm. is, you know, respectable. But I don't know. He was good. It was good. It was good. OK, I think the the well, it depends on, you know, our loose uh, picks and stuff. But I think the obvious repick for this would have been uh, School of Rock if we wanted a mm. Jack Black uh, musical yeah. movie. I think I prefer this one over School of Rock, probably. Whoa, that's what well, the wow. general community I'm, would probably disagree with you. Oh, but they I actually, absolutely would. <laughs> <laughs> but I no, I respect you for liking that. Yeah. So I. For a lot of the movies on this, similar to Alex, like I just had not seen in a long time. But I really, I like Jack Black and I love him being unabashedly Jack Black. So I did enjoy it. But this one felt like a fever dream to rewatch now because it, <laughs> it should. Oh boy. It should. Yeah. It was a fucking fever dream of a movie watching it now. There were so many things like, what? 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 <laughs> and I, I, I liked that, but. <laughs> surreal it was a fever i don't know any other way to explain my like time with it and that isn't a bad thing for me i like movies that make me feel that way but yeah all right well 
with that, Alex, you want to you wanna go ahead and introduce? Yes, I can. The Producers. This is the 2005 version, which is an adaptation of the Broadway show of the same name, which is an adaptation of an older movie of the same name. In the 2005 version, uh, directed by Susan Stroman, uh, it follows the waning Broadway producer Max Bialystok, famed for his failures, uh, played by Nathan Lane, and his new ex-accountant partner, Leo Bloom, played by Matthew Broderick as they attempt to enact a $2 million scheme by producing a surefire Broadway flop. Hilarity ensues. I love this movie. I think, interestingly, this is the most Broadway-like movie on our mm-hmm. list, which is, I think, kind of surprising that, like, movie musical bracket, we didn't have more <laughs> movies that are so similar to musicals. Um, I think it's interesting that this is the most musical like one when mm-hmm. it is like an adaptation of a movie that was not a musical really. Mm-hmm. But I love this movie so much. It is probably my favorite movie musical. Oh. Um oh. just in terms of like the closest connection that I have to one. Packing some heat onto I this one. You connect a lot with Will Ferrell's character. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll get to it. Um, we'll get to it. Uh, I just think it's so funny. It handles itself so well, I think, for a lot of it. Yeah. What do you guys think? First and foremost, um, it has the mouse hunts Nathan Lane. Thank you. Thank you. I was waiting for someone to say it. Thank you. <laughs> Which comes with a caveat. This is something that's simmering in your guys' minds. Does Nathan Lane only play characters? That want to be rich. No, the cat in Stuart Little has no oh. interest in being rich. Oh, shit. That's Nathan uh-huh. Lane, isn't it? Wow. That is that Nathan was like, Lane. You didn't have to think about that for any. Timon from The Lion King has, I feel like, the exact opposite. He likes I, power, I, I love my Nathan Lane. No, he wants he wants freedom and uh, liberty. Well, He's a libertarian. Like, how, like, he used Simba first to be like... <laughs> Timon is a libertarian. What are you talking about? <laughs> Timon I just was thinks money rules all. Sentence. Actually, I think he's more an anarchist, isn't he? Oh, God. Oh, fuck. Oh, God. Um, They want to live out on their own in their own sort of commune without like. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> we, we missed our opportunity to get into the politics of the Lion King. <laughs> um, in favor of the greatest film ever made, Paddington 2. Yeah, so as for the actual <laughs> producers of the movie we're talking about, <laughs> um, it was really fun. Uh, I had a lot of fun with it. I enjoyed it. Correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't it Broderick and Lane were part of the actual original Broadway cast as well? Yeah, they were. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, I think, part of the reason it feels so in tune with the being a Broadway show. Um, it was really fun. Um, I hadn't seen the movie before, but I've listened. I've seen the original, what, 67 with Gene Wilder. Yeah. yeah. And like, like a lot of the music from this. So it was a, it was a good little time. Jake, the movie I would have picked instead of it's probably Chicago. I see that uh, for kind of like a more Broadway, whatever. But I, I again, I remembered um, really loving the producers when I first watched it or even like when I was younger, watching it a handful of times. I think Springtime for Hitler is, is a great song. I found myself enjoying it much less than I remembered watching it again. Mm. Unfortunately, um, I just thought that like it dragged in places that it just I felt like it did not need to drag. There are a lot of songs that went on for me just way too long. But there are so many good lines. Like there's so many good bits or so many just good like funny things or just like it feels fast at times, but then it feels like just drug. The pacing was weird for me. 
that's that's how I feel. Well, shall we jump into the conversation? Starting off with our question of this bracket. Oh, favorite song and most popular song. I guess we can start with Tenacious D. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I know what my favorite song is. Uh, I really liked. Uh, I really like the mission is clear. Like when, when he's like doing like, running, the mission is clear. Going with the laser. Like that felt like very Jack Black. That felt very like it was just a fun random time. I found myself going like what for a lot of this movie, but in a fun way. And that was one of the ones where I was just like, "What is going on, man?" And I love it. I don't know what the most popular for like people is. I, I assume that it would be the fucking um, Beelzebos, the, Beelzebos, the final showdown. Yeah, mm-hmm. the final showdown. That's that's mine. I'll, I'll go with that or like Kickapoo, but I'll, I'll settle with Beelzebos. So I, I think I agree. I think Beelzebos, the final showdown is probably most popular. I think that's the name of it. My favorite is uh, Papa Ginu, the Sasquatch dad song. <laughs> That was fucking that terrifying. So funny. That was so I scary. It was so funny. Was I love the so little baby scary. voice he has when he's riding on Sasquatch. John back. C. Riley. That was like <laughs> so out of funny. nowhere. Terrifying. Honestly, the the cameos in this movie are so one. This is Ben Stiller's best role. Two. This is Amy. <laughs> why would this is Amy? Adams why was Amy best Adams role. in this movie? <laughs> what, gorgeous what, woman. What is she doing? <laughs> Oh my god! That was those two moments. Like that was hilarious to me. That was so good. I mean, did she have? But some did, were was weird. her character named in this movie? It was gorgeous, woman. gorgeous woman. Literally in the credit credits, it's called gorgeous That's woman so Amy Adams. One that like I did. I was like, oh no, was um Amy Poehler as the truck stop. There was no resolution. I thought it was going to be like a revenge thing. To I, I didn't like that. That was yeah. Nope. <laughs> it felt she like just, someone was something was missing there. Yeah. Who knows. <laughs> <laughs> who knows matt what was your favorite song uh i'll throw two out one the the song as he's dodging the lasers was the one myself and my <laughs> friends when we were kids love we would just be like screwing around and be like lasers uh yeah, frequently uh, and then one. the one that i probably listened to most is beelzebos final showdown however the most popular on Spotify, which I think is an, ah, an important wrinkle. The caveat, the caveat. Because I do think this would be different if you looked on like YouTube or something else. It's actually Kickapoo. Oh, it is Kickapoo. 63 million. It's it's a good one. I mean, I I personally love the music from this movie. In in the laser <laughs> one, doesn't he just list out shit? He's like, laser, dig <laughs> dug, like like impossible. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a good one. It's a good one. Again, this feels like okay. This movie just feels like a student film that got to be a feature length film. So they are good at like one thing, and it's creating music, good music. But it's like what? So the the wrinkle as part of the reason that may be the case. There's actually a short run TV series that was supposed to have more episodes. That was going to be the plot of this film and more. Um, I can't remember the title of it, but it's like the story of Tenacious D or something. However, Kyle Gass and Jack Black, due to creative differences with the studio and them not let not letting them have enough creative control, they split off and were like, no, fuck you guys. We're going to make a movie ourselves. That's why the editing and the cuts are just it's just like real. Uh, there's no way to sugarcoat it. it's real bad at times but like it lends itself to it because they they don't try to make it 
good. Like they're not trying to do anything. Yeah, it's like how like the goofy green screen that child Jack Black runs in front of and it looks terrible and not professional at all. And I'm like, that's comedy, my man. (laughs) But on the other side with producers, like I just on a similar note, there were just like I liked the random bits in it. I like the random. um, Why bloom? Why go so far? Camera right from (laughs) that line killed me i was so dead that was so good or when the bird hiled like the animatronic bird (laughs) what yeah that's weird (laughs) or when they're like trying to do the oath with will ferrell and they switch the fingers at the same time to middle figure some of that is good some of the lines i was drunk it was hot you got lucky don't ever call here again i want to start answering (laughs) my phone like that that that's it or like that's how i'm gonna leave people in conversations <laughs> um should we say what our favorite songs and uh, most popular picks were from the producers yeah yeah we can do that uh, yeah i mean springtime for hitler for both of them for me double down so i agree with you i think springtime for hitler is the most popular my favorite i don't know if you guys watched you probably didn't watch the whole credits of this of this movie in the credits there is a beautiful and gentle rendition of the guten tag hopklop uh, sung by Will Ferrell, and it's as if it's I've a heard ballad. Of this. Yeah, it's I've I've heard. I didn't say for the credits for this one, but it's a very good time. It's called the Hop Clop Goes On. Wow, Will Ferrell in this movie. Quickly before we hop to Will Ferrell in this movie, favorite springtime for Hitler, the most popular on the movie album is Springtime for Hitler with a million, but from the Broadway album. Keep it gay. It's keep it gay. Oh, my God. Interesting. (laughs) Wow. Those are far and away the most popular two songs. Will Ferrell, though. um, I don't know if this is a hot take, but um, I think he's not great. I think his accent is terrible. Uh, (laughs) um, I don't know. It might come from the fact that I've only ever seen the original producers. Um, But, you know, there aren't songs. But like, you know, I don't know, man. Yeah, I also felt with this one, there are just a lot of like, I understand this is supposed to be satirical, the whole thing. But some of it just felt like very, very like, can you do that? And like Mel Brooks writing it, that's I don't know. I just (laughs) Mel Brooks writing is like whatever one thing, like the Jewish stuff, whatever. But there's a lot of like, you know, tongue in cheek sexism and like, you know, producery whatever like really like it just felt like it plays differently when it's not on broadway because broadway talking like making fun of broadway is very different from a movie making fun of broadway because like a broadway audience will get it and think it's funny and a movie audience it like kind of spins a different way so that's actually that was actually one of the things i kind of wanted to talk about with these two movies is tenacious d and the pick of destiny is very steeped in and has lots of references to sort of the culture of rock yeah and the producers has a ton of references to a ton of in jokes and is very steeped in theater culture um which i think is kind of crazy that these two ended up against each other in that sense because that Mm -hmm. you know they're coming from you know they're very different communities with very different in groups, mm-hmm. and they're both playing at that. They're both like trying to make comments about like what it means to be a rocker, like producers, like the tongue. And yeah, there are a lot of it, producers is a very one of those self. You know how like movies make movies about movies, and those get nominated for Oscars. It, it, this was what the producers is, but for like theater. One thing I really liked though was all that old lady stuff. I was a big fan of that. I don't know. I thought that shit was hilarious. <laughs> Jake's a big fan of fucking old Dude, ladies. I mean. Especially the old lady, like, singing in the choir in the courtroom, like, just... Yeah. <laughs> that poor old woman, if you go to her IMDb, her... She's just listed as Hold Me, Touch Me. That's her name. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I think that's her number one acting credit is hold that me, is touch me. so funny. So something, because I do think, I do agree high level with you on some of yeah, the pacing yeah, yeah. pieces with the producers. By contrast, I, <laughs> interestingly enough, I think Tenacious D also <laughs> has some pacing uh, issues. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you said it. <laughs> crazy how you can um, make a, I don't even know how long the movie is, 70 minutes? I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry. Like, uh, it's like a hundred minutes long or something. But uh, they accomplish very little in that hundred minutes. <laughs> that, like, fr- the first half of the movie is so front loaded. Nothing <laughs> happens. Like, he is suddenly in LA and then nothing happens for half an hour. <laughs> yeah, he does a cock push up. Rent was $200. And then the that guitar, that beautiful ass guitar, was two hundred dollars. What? Early two thousands or a different time, my man. I guess put me in that housing market. Shit, I'm poor. Please. Unfortunately, uh, getting an apartment right there on Venice Beach nowadays probably runs you like three grand a month or something. I guarantee that even when they filmed this, it was not two hundred dollars on Venice. Th- Beach. There is a part of me that <laughs> loves the inciting incident of this whole, like the whole adventure is getting rent money it's like we have to go play at this cd bar to win the open mic prize to pay our rent and that leads them to stealing the pick of destiny one of satan's teeth and they have to battle satan <laughs> i love how they include satan paying their rent in the battle <laughs> it's <laughs> one of their conditions That's great. That's great. and you'll have yeah. to pay our rent uh I'm so conflicted. I feel like I'm like in the middle of y'all just because there are a lot of parts I don't like about these, but I think it's similar reasons. And I think the parts that I do like in both these are just like the bits. So I really don't know where I land with that. Jake is going to vote for Ghost Rider. God, please. Can you imagine if Ghost <laughs> Can you imagine if Mouse Hunt was a musical? I I, I really can. What if, I need I need more convincing, guys. Can someone do me do your best convince me for a vote? I know that I'm biased, but I think The Producers is a good movie, and I don't think I can say the same thing about Tenacious D. <laughs> you shut your little mouth, you <laughs> bastard. <laughs> um, your rebuttal? Your rebuttal, Matthew? My please? rebuttal. The Producers <laughs> is a movie musical, but cares more about being a musical than a movie. Fuck you, producers. Which, <laughs> hey, it is the most traditional movie musical, which makes it the most different from our other movie musicals, I think. <laughs> uh, Les Mis made it That's, through the first round. That's pretty traditional. Yeah, yeah get fucked, actually. Well, Les besides Les Mis. <laughs> don't, don't, you, don't you just besides Les Mis? Guys, guys. I think we can besides You're hurting the producers. You're hurting the producers right is now. Is this vote tearing us apart? We can't end the podcast here, guys. We can't do it, okay? <laughs> All right. Jake is somehow in the middle and pushed further away from both of us. (laughs) (laughs) I'm telling you, he's going to vote for Ghost Rider. Oh, God. It's not even a musical. I don't know why I picked that one. Yeah, but like, what if Nicolas Cage was in a musical? Can he sing? Um, Maybe. All right, you guys vote. (laughs) Uh, I'm voting for the producers. And I'm voting for Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny.
And honestly, audience, I'm fine either way, but I'll vote for the producers on this one. That's fair. Yeah, it's really, I, I enjoy Jack Badu, whatever. There were just some jokes like I'm uncomfortable with jokes on both of these ends, but there were some jokes in Jack Black. I just couldn't. I was like, nah, I, 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 I actually I agree with that. I think that yeah. Tenacious D is far more steeped in early 2000s. And when things right. were maybe a little uh, we were a little more OK um yeah yeah i think a lot of the jokes in producers that aren't okay are meant to be sarcastic but don't come off well versus i think the ones yeah, in tenacious d are a little part. more serious yeah. yeah i just want to call out one last piece of tenacious d the movie <laughs> actually is bookended it opens and begins with fart jokes and i think that that tells us all we need to know about it <laughs> why didn't you use that in your explanation come on when you pitched oh my god i should have i should have Anyway, moving on to the second half of our bracket here, we've got the Rocky Horror Picture Show versus the Road to El Dorado. I guess, Jake, you haven't introduced one. You want to? Yeah. So, yeah, my pick, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show uh, in 1975 by Jim Sharman. It's, you know, sweethearts and newlyweds Brad and Janet are struck with a flat tire in the middle of a storm. So they're forced to seek shelter and help at the eerie mansion of Dr. Frankenfurter a scientist from transsexual Transylvania and chaos ensues. There's really not a great way to explain the rest of it, but it's a cult classic movie and I fucking adore it so, 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 so much. And it has its, you know, its grip on uh, the, the cultural zeitgeist. I think it's a very important movie for a lot of people and Tim fucking Curry. Also just the cast in general does great, but Tim fucking Curry, this is a great role. What do you guys think? I, absolutely adore seeing this show with a shadow cast it is so much fun it's such a huge experience um it is life-changing i just i want to throw out there so that we don't get added by all the people all the fact checkers it's not brad and janet's wedding it's their friend's wedding and they get engaged after the wedding right i just gotta throw it out there for the fact checkers because i know all you twitter people are going to tweet at us all you angry fans that we have (laughs) i I want angry fans i want instead of an only fans i'm opening an angry fans Tim Curry is incredible. There are a ton of uh, great performances in this movie. Unfortunately, I think it's a bad movie without the shadow cast. Like, without the... like. (laughs) I am so glad that you spoke first, Alex. Yeah, sorry. I hate to just, like, be super blunt with that. (laughs) Like, I I hate to be super blunt with it, but, like, I kind of just think it's a bad movie without that. So, I actually was going to say literally the same thing. That's wild. I think it's a super fun as an event, but like I have to separate like how fun it is to go to Rocky Horror with audience interaction and the shadow cast and all of the bells and whistles of it. Whereas when I was sitting there by myself just rewatching this, like there's fun to be had, but a lot of it I'm just like don't think is great. Like I'm not having a good time. Um, I wholeheartedly disagree, but I figured with there's, this there's fucking, peaks and troughs. This there's peaks audience and troughs. of people, fucking Alex and Matt, won't fucking get it. That's all right. I get it. I, okay. my people I think it's out. very fun. I mean, I I love Rocky Horror as an event, but I think like that's when it's fun for me. You know. All right, all right. Introduce the other fucking movie while I think of how to defend Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> uh, the the other fucking movie is uh, The Road to El Dorado, released in 2000, directed by Bebo Bergeron, Jeffrey Katzenberg, and Don Paul. It follows two Spanish con men who find themselves following a map to the lost city of gold, El Dorado. They end up in the middle of a political power struggle between a righteous priest and a guarded chief. 
and just maybe they can use this to their advantage and pull off a con to get lots of gold. Yeah. What'd you guys, I, I, this for me is my nostalgia musical pick. Um, this was like my favorite of the DreamWorks Disney movies, movie musicals. And it's our only animated movie musical, which I was kind of surprised by, but, um, yeah. What do you guys think? Yeah, I can go first. It's been a super long time since I've seen this, which I feel like we say about like every movie in the, in this show, um, (laughs) I could not remember a ton. Like I remembered broad strokes, the storyline sitting down to rewatch it. I had a awesome time. It's just a really, really fun movie. Um, Low key. I think it's a better blend of like action, comedy and (laughs) action and comedy, at least. And I guess music than the Blues Brothers is. (laughs) That's pretty funny. Um, This movie is so funny. Surprisingly super funny. The 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 adventure setting is great and having two roguish leads are just so fun. Oh, that plays that plays hard with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the roguish, the, the roguish archetype is fucking it, damn it. It, it, it plays too hard <laughs> into my corner, honestly. Yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. Well, the uh, movie I would have done instead of this one would have been Prince of Egypt. Um I mm, that would have yeah yeah I fucking love that movie and I'm kind of ashamed that I didn't pick it honestly. Fun fact, I had I had never seen Prince of Egypt and then literally yesterday uh, <laughs> decided to watch you it bastard. on a whim and I was so close to texting you guys. Why yeah. did no one ever tell me Prince of Egypt fucking slaps? It's an amazing <laughs> movie. Um, yeah, it's really um, good. Absolute travesty that yeah. that movie is not honestly, in this bracket. It honestly should have been. And with this movie, how I feel about it is unfortunately how I feel about uh, the rest is that like I remember really liking it. And then I watched this and I was like, OK, that's that's all right. I just I wish I was uh, more passionate about it. I there I really liked the scene that sticks out to me the most that I always liked was the ball scene where they play ball with the little thing and the armadillo. That's the only thing I've like super hardcore remember and love about it. Everything else was just like, all right, Gilderoy Lockhart's doing his thing, I guess. Yeah. Elton John did the soundtrack, though. Elton John, Tim Rice, uh, Hans Zimmer and John Powell all worked on the music in this movie. It's an absolutely stack music production. I just wish I liked the music more. I just don't really remember or know the music of it. Uh, Shall we go through a a rapid speed favorite most popular? Uh, Let's start with Rocky. Okay. Rocky Horror. uh, Sweet Transvestite's my favorite. Time Warp is the most popular. Yeah. uh, Touch It, Touch It, Touch Me is my favorite. And Mm. uh, Sultry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, I think Time Warp would be the uh, most popular. Well, my favorite. I don't know. I can't remember the, the name of it. (laughs) <laughs> but I weirdly really like Meatloaf's song. Oh, oh. Hoppatootie. Bless my soul. I really love that rock and I, roll. Yeah, it, it's just really fun. And then he gets, uh, I guess, pickaxe murdered, which is... <laughs> he sure fucking <laughs> that's does. A, that's, a, that's a short, <laughs> short roll, my guy. It's um, metal as hell. <laughs> it is. The most popular, as you both guessed, is in fact time warp 40 million plays on spotify wow by far the most popular song from uh from the soundtrack hopping on over to el dorado yes my favorite is uh without question that's the one when he's like riding on the boat 
uh, and they're like all the big fish. And it's like, without question, I love, I believe in anything. Were it not for you. Sorry, I could just keep singing that song. I love it so much. Um, I just I watched the, this movie like today and I don't remember that song. That's Aww. wild to me. Uh, well, I mean, to be fair, the like context oh, no. of the song, it's just playing while he's like exploring the city. So like if you're not super invested uh, in it, you probably wouldn't remember it. Um, yeah. I think the most popular is probably uh, El Dorado. Um, whatever one that talk about being gods. That's that's the tough to be a god. It's tough to be a god. Yeah. And then I guess the most popular is probably El Dorado. Maybe the friend one where they're like, friends never say goodbye and they get all sad and then they don't say goodbye. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, I also, Jake, love It's Tough to Be a God. Well, yeah. you maybe not love it, but it's your favorite at least. Um, however, <laughs> the most popular uh, from this show or from this movie. It could also be Trail is We Blaze. The Trail We Blaze. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll throw you a, a half music point for that, Jake or Alex. What is that? The trail we blaze is a road uncharted in terra incognita. Wait, so what, what are our final standing of music points? Final music points. Final standing? Alex with 3.5 and Jake with 4.5 music points. Jake is the congrats. Congrats. He is, he's got his ear to the, to the pulse. He knows what the people yeah. like. I guess not because I guess Rocky horror sucks. Uh, no, Jake, Jake, it <laughs> no, does I mean, not suck. Rocky no, horror no, no, is no. like a very, very fun to go see. But like, if I'm just sitting in my house watching but Rocky horror, I'm not going like, to have a good I time. Just, I think that's kind of crazy to me. Cause I feel like because of how it stands and it's like what it, I feel like you can't separate the time. Like it, like when I watch it, like I think of how I feel either seeing the shows or just like, I also like those like shitty, you know, sci-fi double feet, like, you know, whatever, you know, and I know you do too. Yeah. That's why I'm so like, I think the thing for me is be for me, it's, it's probably driven by how different the experiences are. So I didn't like grow up going to like midnight showings or Rocky horror or anything. I didn't go the first time until I was in college. Um, my exposure to, to Rocky was like, I had heard time warp at, like a bowling alley, probably. You heard the Glee time warp. Yeah, no, I, Glee. I didn't watch. You, you Glee. don't have to be ashamed, Matthew. You don't have to be ashamed. <laughs> I know you're a Glee. What was the first time you actually saw the movie? Because the first time I watched this movie, I was sitting in my living room with my parents, and I was like 14, and that is like <laughs> a weird way to see this movie for the first time it didn't awaken anything in you <laughs> the first time i saw the movie i skipped out on school faking being sick or i was sick i don't remember which one and um i was like 13 and it was raining and Aww. i flicked on like i i it was raining and i flicked on you know i used to go through the sci-fi channel whatever and it was near halloween I saw uh rocky horror and as you guys know as a kid i love muppet treasure island and like clue and so I saw Tim, Tim Curry, Curry was enlisted. And uh, so I was like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie. And I watched it alone as a 13 year old kid. And I just thought it was so fun. I just think the songs no. are so fun, even if it's like bad. But it's so like they're funny. I, I don't think like, and much of the music is bad, though. Yeah, I think it's, it's like music the, the for actual me. movie parts for me are like I didn't. So I didn't see the movie till I was till after I'd gone to the show for the first time was like yeah. the first time I saw it by myself. And I was like. Wait, like I don't rem- I I am so unfamiliar. I don't remember all the little call and response jokes 
but I remember them. I remember laughing at them. So it it just like I, it left me wanting more and the more is that stage piece The the audience is so important to what I enjoyed about Rocky horror. Yeah. I guess I think it's just like wild that this like movie that for all intents and purposes, when it came out flopped, like all of a sudden, like just gained this awesome traction. Like there's such great (laughs) shit about it. We, we put a ton of box office flops in this bracket. (laughs) Yeah. Tenacious D flopped, Rodel Dorado flopped. So, so hey, I guess if we want to have an actual conversation, I got to pose the big one. Both these movies, they are so horny, super yeah. horny movies. Super horny movies. Super horny. What, what, are they, what are they doing out there? So, I honestly, this is like one where I couldn't take the movie seriously because of how horny it was because Tulio looks exactly like one of my high school teachers who was like my, (laughs) who like owned an ice cream shop nearby and even like framed his little goatee the same way. And I'm like, this is uncomfortable. I don't want to see that. And like, you know, Shell is an attractive, a very attractive Character what, are they, what are they doing making her so thick what are those so animators thick. doing that's <laughs> wild how thick she was it is crazy how that character is Goodness animated gracious but like also on that on that note though like they treated her character kind of poorly at the end they just kind of shoehorned her like made her oh she's gonna get in with one of the guys and then she wasn't really like i don't know i just don't feel like they gave her anything to do except for the, the beginning was like oh she's interesting to do whatever and then they just she's the person who kissed the person is like we should go and then like let's leave like they just tossed her aside whereas in like rocky horror i felt like there's a lot of awesome empowerment and really cool like fighting yourself and sexual identity and all that stuff that I think just is is better thematically in a movie. I mean, I I, I think thematically, Rocky or Rodel Dorado's not trying to be a horny movie. In some, I, <laughs> I, don't I, I don't know about know, that. Though. I guess yeah. I don't know. I'll back that, that statement up a little bit. <laughs> I agree with you that I think. I mean, Rocky specifically, I think gets a better arc than Shell does. Um, I think the Rodel Dorado does that to make space for. Tulio and Miguel's relationship at the end because they want that to be the core emotional relationship. But I I totally agree with what you're saying. Also, I feel like Miguel and Tulio are super bi coded um, as characters. I see they that both the, clearly, they should have ended up together. They both clearly want a blank shell, but they also got some chemistry with each other. Not yeah. some. They should lot, end up a together. Lot, which in yeah yeah. I don't know, man. Horny movies. That volcano erupting? <laughs> like, that's a metaphor. <laughs> he wants to... <laughs> Sorry, I... Jake said it. The opening sword fight, they're like, their witty band, and maybe it's because I've seen this movie so often, their witty banter in that fight, I don't know, because it blows by. It probably went straight over Jake's head. But one yeah. of the lines is like, you fight like my sister. I fought your sister. That's a compliment. Uh, I fought your sister, and it's a compliment. I knew it. I got you. I knew it. I paid Some attention. Some of it's so funny. Some of it's so good. Their relationship is just uh, dynamite. There was more booty in Royal Jazz Dorado than I remember. A lot more nudity. They're naked for a good chunk of this you, film. You, you get to see both yeah. their asses. Lots of nipples. 
I just feel like with like the high priest shit and all that, I was like, man, Prince of Egypt's just so much better. God, this should like Prince of Egypt is so good. I didn't. It's so I, 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 I just straight up didn't know, man. I hadn't seen it. Okay. <laughs> I know I should have picked if I would have had a third, but I mean, I shouldn't blame it on that. I, you I know, mean, if I'm you, still you fine with my picks. honestly yeah. probably could have taken the third from me. <laughs> I had too much <laughs> power for this bracket. <laughs> Bring it back into the conversation talking about the movie. I think that the high priest versus the chief, like that dynamic is so much more in depth than I originally thought it was watching this movie. Like the like political power struggle that they're going between, I think is like so interesting. But then the high priest just like fucks off in the end. And like the boss fight, you know, the Jaguar kind of just ends. And I know it's to lead him to the conquistador and all that stuff. But then like, it just well, like, like the I understand not, why, but it just like feels because the, the priest isn't the ultimate villain of the movie, which I think is just I like know, so interesting. That's such just, like a it was such an easy cop out to be like, oh, there's an evil priest in the in the Mayan town, you know, like that could have been so easy to do, and instead well, we also they made knew the, the conquistador was there, right? Like, but like we, we, it could have been set up in the beginning. That easily could have been just a stupid plot thread to like get them across the ocean, you know. Two things. Um, one, I agree with Jake a little bit in the sense that when they actually finally have like the confrontation, well, I guess not even confrontation. They just flood it and block the the entrance with a big old stone. Um, there's like eight minutes left when they're like starting off on like that whole plot thread of like stop the conquistadors from being able to come. And I was like, oh, there's not much time for them to wrap this up. And we're like still getting Miguel and Tulio yeah. like bashfully looking at like turning away from each other you know and their whole big like argument thing was just them doing the fake fight thing was yes it was cathartic whatever but like you know i don't know i just felt like it wasn't really it was a rushed resolution and i just they had a lot of good parts i really do enjoy what they set up but i just don't think they ended it like well also those three are dead in the end right they're just like we'll fuck off we'll Nah, they're totally dead. They're going off in like an well, island with movie, no supplies. I, I think they're dead because the movie flopped. If the movie hadn't flopped, there would have been adventure number two. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> the the other comment I wanted to make, I agree with Alex on the flip side of things that the political power struggle they set up is pretty interesting, especially because they sort I guess not so subtly acknowledge that the chief is also aware that they're not actually gods, but he, you know, believes they're doing good, but they're also benefiting his power in the situation, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is like a really interesting thread to have where basically the priest is being led on this goose chase for half the film of like, are they, aren't they gods? Um, Whereas the chief is basically Mm -hmm. aware of the entire time. Yeah, it's a good juxtaposition. Which I think is kind of fun. But like, I think like Dr. Frankenfurter and all that, like, it's just a very like complex thing. I know like they opt out for the whole like alien shit and like, yeah, whatever. (laughs) But like in general, like the theme of acceptance, like his final like number of like don't dream it, like be it and all that. And like all of them fighting themselves and their little solos they get. I love it when like Brad's leg shakes, like, help me, mommy. <laughs> like, it's just, I just think that it's so much more like complicated and, and fun and like exploring. I, I, I just feel like Rocky Horror does a lot, a better job with like being complicated and still like landing where like El Dorado, like, yes, it is, but it, I don't think it lands hardcore. I kind of disagree in the opposite I way. I just don't know what I see personally is complicated. Like it deals with 
complicated concepts as far as Rocky Horror goes, but they're not like, yeah. I guess for the time period the film came out, came out in, they're yeah, like very tough things yeah. to, to grapple with. Um, so I get, you know, in part, I, like I just, you know, I, I get the message is super great. I just don't know if there's like much, I, like I don't know what the complexity you're seeing in it is, you know? I think, I mean, it's through the whole like scientist led through the whole, like, I just think they play with genre like a lot more in a very fun way to explore it. I, I just, I, I think it's probably, I feel so strong about it because I just didn't feel like Rodel Dorado, like, you know, it was a fun animated movie, but it didn't like stick. And then Rocky Horror like stuck, like even like historically, just speaking, like, you know, like people remember, like if you randomly bring up Rodel Dorado, yes, like shell thick, we get it. But, you know, <laughs> that that um, scene where she's totally schlubbing him. Whoa, dude. Yeah. Uh, no, that's a thing. Also, I mean, this has one of the best meme things, you know, the gif of like both, both, both is good. That's great. I love that. But I don't know. I just think Rocky for what it stood for and for doing best like musicals, like overall, I think it's hard to ignore like its impact as well. That's true. But it's not best musical. It's best movie musical. And I would argue still, that the shadow what? cast <laughs> part of Rocky Horror is the is more straight musical than movie musical part. But wait, didn't we just vote producers in because it was more straight? I'm confused now. <laughs> we voted for the movie producers, not the <laughs> musical producers. But like for Rocky Horror. And you would vote for the musical Rocky, not the movie Rocky. Yeah, I would vote for the shadow cast Rocky Horror 100% over Road to El Dorado. But I think if I'm just <laughs> looking at the movie... I don't get the same experience that I do from the shadow cast. I don't know. I just feel like the movie still like as it exists is the impact and like the performances in that and everything technically about that, the songs and everything. Yes. The shadow cast amplifies it, but you wouldn't have that. But I, think those performances, if, I think if the you story, like but I think if you didn't have the shadow cast, it never would have gotten to this cult classic status. Like it never would have expanded into such a huge, like continued in such a huge yeah. cultural zeitgeist. It definitely like I can't deny that it amplified it, but I just think the the movie as it stands like is part of like it, it has to be part of it. You can't take it away, especially for like everyone <laughs> agrees that like Tim Curry like in that role is like phenomenal. Tim Curry's great, and it's, yeah, like, he he performs I great. Yeah, I in my opinion, I think it's a, a story of peaks and troughs. Unfortunately, yeah. like I think Tim Curry is great. I think the music is great. It's just some of those in between bits. Like, I don't understand the purpose of having it like the frame story, the narrator. I don't know what that's adding to it for me. It's it's stuff like that. Um, The sort of more bewildering decisions that are the source of comedy when you're watching it on stage. But without that knowledge, it's just like movie oddity more than it's like a comedy, you know, for those pieces. I I just, yeah. Maybe I just enjoy enjoy the movie too much, which is okay. But, There's yeah. nothing wrong. I'm not with saying that. it's not okay. Like I don't need the <laughs> I don't need the I don't need y'all telling me this. Yeah. Like I know that it is, but it's just it's wild to me that y'all don't see it the same way. But hey, at the tough cut, we fight about movies, and <laughs> uh, we should probably vote. Yeah, yeah it seems now. like. Uh, well, I am voting for the Road to El Dorado. Yeah, I'm I'm voting for Rocky Horror Picture Show, and to everyone's surprise. I'm voting for Ghost Rider. Hell yeah. <laughs> no. can, you, can you actually sing us a song from Ghost Rider, please? Yeah, yeah. Um, sing us your favorite song yeah. from Ghost Rider. Uh, yeah, sing us your favorite song. Hey, it's me, Mr. Boney. <laughs> <laughs> is that the villain who's fighting? Is the big villain song? Keep going, keep going. <laughs> Mr. Boney, I got uh, the bones. My life's on fire and I... 
bone. And, yeah. And I, uh, yeah, yeah. Miss, miss, the classic song, Mr. Boney. Mr. Boney. That actually, that's the most listened to yeah. song on Spotify from Ghost Rider, the, music, the movie. Musical. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, I double down. Favorite and most listened to. Yeah. Easy. It's the only song <laughs> in the musical, actually. It's pretty fucking crazy. <laughs> it's a two and a half hour song, actually. It's <laughs> the strangest thing. But no, I, I am voting for uh, the Rotel Dorado. Wild. But I respect it. I respect you. Nice. Most of the time. Fuck. <laughs> when we get a little naughty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's when he sees the disrespect. Audience, attack them. Attack them. All my Rocky stands. I know. I, I know. Look at these fucking schmucks. <laughs> With that, um, coming at you next episode, we've got our semifinals. That is Mama Mia versus Lay Miz. Wow. And. Dude. The producers versus the road to El Dorado. Hey. That should be super fun. You can catch it next week. Just have a fun time with us, guys. We appreciate uh, everyone. You, you know? <laughs> Go listen to Bring Him Home at 0.5 speed again. Please Get yourself in the do. mood. <laughs> yeah, because more late Miz content is coming your way. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm in preparation. I'm listening to all of the songs at 0.5 speed because uh, I have eight hours to spare. Um <laughs> This I swear <laughs> well if you enjoy the show go ahead and drop us a review follow us on social media at tough cut pod and most of all share this with someone who's thick <laughs> yeah share this with someone <laughs> who's horny on main um, I think that's a term kids say nowadays guys. yeah I'm gonna share this with you guys <laughs> <laughs>